Soul Filler Diaries is here to meet you wherever you are on your life path. Life is like a mountain trail with ups and downs, twists and turns. It is most fulfilling when you follow the path best suited for you and find the beauty along the way. We hope to be relatable, inspiring, and leave you with healthier minds, bodies, and wallets. Join me in conversations with guests that intend to fill our souls and help us all along our path to living an abundant life. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Soul Filler Diaries. Today we have with us Wendy Poishbeg and I'll tell, let Wendy kind of tell a little bit about who she is or what she does. But I just have to say when I first came into Snohomish and was wanting to open this branch with Caliber, you just are a people connector. You help connect me with people in the community, like resources. And I just have watched you do that with so many people. So like outside of your quote unquote role. That is just who you are as a human. So I just had to comment on that. So welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. I love connecting people. I think it's one of my greatest strengths. It's like a puzzle piece when you find somebody where they are, um, you know, you find out a little bit about them and then you meet somebody else and that you can put all of these pieces in alignment to help people's life, their business, their children's lives. It just feels so amazing to me. It just is, uh, it's a, one of my best qualities. Mm-hmm. And I, um, have you ever heard of the book about the why by Simon Sinek? I've heard of, I've, but I have not read it. Yeah. Well, it was life-changing for mm-hmm. me in a way. So I first saw it was a, like a YouTube video. It was his TED talk and it was all about the why. And it had a Venn diagram of the why is what moves the needle and not the what. And as I was watching this, I, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, my husband came home and he said, I saw the most amazing TED talk. It was all about the why. And I said, yeah, I saw it, but I don't have a why. He goes, like, what? I go, I don't have a why. I watched it. I watched it twice. I watched it three times. I can't figure out what my why is. He said, well, we're not leaving the couch until we figure it out. <laughs> and we did not. And I so it. once it was like, OK, well, what is what is what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. What are what makes you feel validated? What makes you feel like you've shown up in the world? What is it that makes you get out of bed in the morning? And we honed it into, I feel the best about myself when I can amplify and promote others. Mm -hmm. And when I can connect people, I'm really doing it for selfish purposes. I'm, I'm doing it to feel great about myself, but in the end result is getting to serve other people. Yes. And so if you get a chance to sit on the couch and figure out your why, I highly recommend highly recommend it. I know. And I I hear that from so many people when I'm talking to them, the selfish piece, like it's funny because we get what, you know, when we're giving, we get, I don't think that's selfish. I just really think that is just such an amazing part of being a human and how we can, we gain so much from helping other people. I feel that it's given me permission to, to acknowledge how I want to show up in the world. And it's helped me make decisions on where I choose to be and how I choose to be present. This is a good decision or um, a a good space for me. Is this the right 
job? Is this the right activity? Mm -hmm. Is this an opportunity to get to my why? And it helps alleviate all the other bullcrap because if it's not going to get me to my why, then just say no. Yeah. You don't have to be all things to all people. Yeah. That's not your space. And it's so funny that that I think we live some of our lives like thinking that we had to, and we talk about this, the shoulds, but sometimes it's like thinking we have to serve other people in a different way, which is like we have to serve people how the world tells us we should be and Instead of listening to how we can best serve the world, which is what drives us and, give, you know, brings us joy. And that is so much more productive. I think so, too. So why don't you tell us what you're doing today? I currently serve as the vice president of economic development for Economic Alliance Snohomish County. Mm-hmm. And that's an organization that is our regional countywide chamber. And the designated development organization that is there to help with business retention and expansion and attraction. So helping the businesses that we already have here, making sure that they're healthy and growing and can expand or any barriers that they could have for their success are alleviated. Mm -hmm. And then bringing in new businesses that are a complement to the community. And so it's a... An organization that provides advocacy to your elected officials, as well as just your typical chamber events that are necessary to have a really healthy ecosystem of business resources. For me, I find it's a good resource just to get information on what's really happening in the world, in in that full gamut that you just explained, right? Like what's happening politically, what's going on with the port, with the county, with, you know, different businesses around us, because it. I mean, being informed really can help us know what's coming down and how we can best plan and move with It's absolutely true. You know, it's an ecosystem Mm -hmm. of how we market the region and what that means for growth, how we work on infrastructure Mm -hmm. projects or advocacy for things, how that helps business. Networking events, you wouldn't think that that was such a powerful thing, but it actually is such a great connection point for people Mm -hmm. to meet uh, new clients. We look at it as an ecosystem approach. So we have different folks that are working on, you know, different aspects, but we're we try to be holistic and not be siloed. So, you know, the work that I'm doing is very much impacted by advocacy work. Our investor relations is very much impacting who we look to attract. Like if I meet a business, an accounting firm and their best client is retail that informs us like, okay, well, how are we looking for new business in retail that's going to impact that business Mm -hmm. and help them grow? And so we really do look at it as an ecosystem. Yeah, that's so great. And I like it. Like, I'm like, okay, to my clients, okay, who's buying your house in Arlington? First time, you know, like with all the growth that's happening there and you hear about it, like, okay, if you're a first time home buyer, you should be buying in Arlington right now. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so you can't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so Mm -hmm. if you're not putting yourself in a position to be well-connected, then, you know, you're missing out on the bigger picture. And I do also like connecting people. And that's, that's the thing that I get from networking more than like clients. I can go back and say like, I can't say that I always get an ROI on actual transactions from my networking events. It's more the relationship building and the trust. But also it's like you meet so many people. So when someone goes, I need somebody that can do this. Oh, I've got somebody. I love that. I love that. That's right. It's an entire, you're building a community of resources, right? Mm -hmm. And 
just like marketing, networking is part of your marketing plan, yeah. probably. Yeah. And it's going to take, you know, seven to 10 impressions just to get people to remember mm-hmm. who you are and what mm-hmm. business. And they're not going to know, like, or trust you on the first way out. Having your podcast is just another opportunity right. for you to be welcomed into that person's home, if you mm-hmm. will. You just start in their ear. They're, you're in right. their head with another opportunity to build those relationships. And networking is just, you know, an oppor- another opportunity to connect and not collect. Yes, <laughs> you're not collecting yes. business cards, you're connecting. <laughs> right, right. And I realized, and I don't know if it's a, something that came out of COVID or I just have gotten to know myself better, but I used to be like network, network, network. And it was all the events, probably a lot, even back in my BECU times. And that was probably had to do with that type of job. I was always busy. So I didn't really have time to escape for one-on-one. In this position, I really, that is a focus of my business is spending more than one-on-one. But what I realized is like I go out and I network, but then I want to follow up and get to know those people on a deeper level, right? You really can't get to know, like you said, who somebody is in these quick meetings socially, like But having those one on one conversations, I feel like are really powerful for me and where I feel like I want to invest more of my time now. So then, you know, going out to the networking events, but making sure, you know, like you take the time to get to know people. And being really intentional about the events that you are attending, where if you really understand who your client or your niche is, then Mm -hmm. that way you can be really intentional about where you're going to spend your time and your effort and for your ideal client. And for those people you really do want to connect with, because it's so obvious when you're in a space where you're like, that's not my client. And that's those are not my people's. Yeah. (laughs) And then having to be, you know, trying to do a deep dive and build a relationship with people that, you know, aren't a great fit. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, a waste of time. Yeah. 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 And that was something I think last year when the market kind of shifted, I took some time to really look at, you know, I, I stepped off the board. And it it also had to do with like wanting to spend really some more focused time with my daughter where I wanted to give my time and where it was valuable. So I did some of that, like, you know, kind of backing up from some things I had been doing to really focus on where I wanted to be, which is great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So you show up everywhere. You know, that's one thing about being in an organization like Economic Alliance is because it's a county wide. Yeah. And we're focusing on multiple business industries. And so I was in a meeting yesterday and we were talking about hydrogen. And if you thought that I would know more about hydrogen and fission and fusion and my and sustainable aviation fuels, you know, I would not have predicted that. And it's kind of like today is healthcare, tomorrow's hydrogen, the next day is marketing, you know, mm-hmm. so um, it's learning a little bit about everything. I try to show up as much as possible so I can be that connector point. I can just kind of put some things in the back of my head and then just remember, oh yeah, that person's going to need that later on down the line. Or it's your Rolodex, your inner Rolodex <laughs> of folks that that I just try to maintain yeah. so I can be that connecting p- point. And mm-hmm. so I do try to show up as much as possible. It's a lot, but how hard is my life? I mean, it's oh my really gosh. pretty great. <laughs> yeah, you get to be with people, but you are go, go, go. I mean, yeah, with yeah. with that, but also that you guys like to travel a lot and you like to be out. I, I mean, you're, you, you're a mover, right? Well, yeah. I have found that this community is so heartwarming and the way that they this community has shown up for me and my family, I want to show back up for them. And so it has been an absolute pleasure to get to do some of this stuff. 
it's so good. I mean, and like I said, when I came into town, you were probably one of the first people I connected with and seeing you on the street all the time. (laughs) You know, I started my career at the city of Everett and um, working in the cultural arts. So I always got to be around special events Mm -hmm. and getting to be around people in their most favorite time of being with family. Or we always joke that you were making the grass green to be wrecked, you know, by mm-hmm. people playing football on the on the turf, you know. And so stay off the grass was just not one of our mottos. We're like, yeah. no, be on the grass, wreck it. If yeah. you're playing with your family, then rough it up. Yep. And so I found that that's a beautiful place for me to be in. It was mm-hmm. just super validating and wonderfully organic and gorgeous. And being at the countywide level, I didn't get to do as much of that stuff, but I did get to continue being con- a connector. Coming to the city of Snohomish, it was smaller. So I got to feel like I knew more people and that I could be more connected to the very people that we were creating policy for. So mm-hmm. and plus Snohomish is active and vibrant and beautiful. And so that was just always really wonderful to get to just, yeah. you know, go and say hello to folks. Now doing that again back at the county level, it's different, but it's the same. Yeah. Yep. Now, kind of going back in, I mean, I'll let you tell your story from wherever you want to start, but you know how you got here today. I want to mention, I first heard your name when I was managing in BECU, probably like eight, seven or seven years ago, Lauren Jurgensen. Well, how long were you in Snohomish? Because it probably would have been like 2008. Maybe it was only five or six years ago. But with Eat, Stay Love, she brought me an Eat, Stay Love Uh card. And she's like, you have got to meet Wendy. You would love her. And I'm so happy to hear you say that, Brandy. My husband and I were having a beer on Sunday and somebody came in wearing an Eat, Stay, Love shirt and it just stopped me in my tracks. And I have struggled with whether to let that thing go. Yeah. And I haven't worked on it in a year. It's just such a labor of love. And I just don't feel like I have the time. But I'm constantly reminded of people that I meet that really found value in Mm -hmm. what I was doing. And Again, that was just a medium to amplify and promote other people. Yeah. And with the role that I have, I just seem to know about what what is happening in the community Mm -hmm. before it's really public knowledge. So like that little background. And so there's times where I just struggle with like bringing that thing back. And plus, I have a shit ton of T-shirts to get rid of. Well, it's funny because I did see your post with the picture and but then I was Lauren. It's like, you know, little reminders. Lauren emailed me yesterday and I was like, oh, remember when Lauren brought that card in and she's like, you just have to meet this person. I just know that you would love her. So that is so nice. Shout out to Lauren. Yeah, you're the best. (laughs) So that all started. I mean, yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Well, you know, I started at the city of Everett. I went to a party. My son was nine months old and he was still in his his little car seat at this party. I met this woman. You know, what do you do? Like, what do you do? And she said, I create cultural events for the city of Everett Parks and Recreation Department. And I'm like, I was made for that job. And she's like, you're in luck because I just quit. (laughs) And so I interviewed for that job Mm -hmm. and I got it. And I was made for that job. Mm -hmm. I love creating community. I love creating events that draw people together. And I was authorized to, if I could, if I could pay for it or find a sponsor, then I could pretty much create anything that I wanted that made sense to be in a park. Yeah. And with that grew all these different events and my base Mm -hmm. of which catapulted me into doing 
well, the, the county had asked me to, to join them and manage their arts commission. And, you know, here's somebody who I, I didn't graduate college. I was so unsure of myself in trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grow up. I had a coffee shop in downtown Everett that I'd have jazz nights and these improv theater. I knew I loved to be around people and that I was definitely a service hospitality type of entrepreneur, but I never made any money. I nearly bankrupted myself. And I was just trying to figure out like, how do I still get to have this sense of community, but get a paycheck and not have to go on unemployment. (laughs) And so with that city job and creating what I had kind of created in this coffee house experience was another stepping stone. But when I closed my coffee shop, I have to tell you, I was so like, I didn't know what I could do. I thought I was worthless. I didn't. I honestly just thought I have no skills. I've just, you know, lost all of my money in this coffee shop and trying to explain to folks in Everett in the early 90s what an espresso was, was painful. Like, you know, they had no idea what it was. And I saw all these coffee carts down in Seattle. So I just thought everybody knew what the coffee culture Mm -hmm. and it was different up in in this neck of the woods. And so I had a friend that came over and he just explained like, well, you know how to do payroll, right? You know how to do scheduling, right? You know how to book bands. And he kind of helped me reframe this idea that, you know, I was thinking I was a total loser with no skills. And and then he was like, no, you have all this life experience. You just need to reframe it into what you're good at. And then here I meet this woman. And then it was like, oh, I'm not I have these skills that are, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was so good at that. I could negotiate all of these contracts. I learned about sponsorship and marketing and how an event like Music in the Parks that brought out 1200 children and their parents who were probably first time home buyers in the future, mm-hmm. really a sponsor like a capstone could probably mm-hmm. really benefit yeah. from being in front of mm-hmm. all of those parents um, that are looking to buy their first home. And so I learned to figure figure out partnerships. And when I figured out, okay, this person needs that person, that person needs this, that really helped build that framework for understanding what true connections could do Mm -hmm. for community. Nope. You need that person. You need that and put them together. That's so awesome. So I went to the county. I I started doing their arts programming and that soon meant other opportunities. I took over the tourism division and historic preservation, which I have a deep affinity for. And then economic development got all those cultural quality of life issues got Mm -hmm. moved into more of the typical economic development, business retention and expansion. And I never looked back. Kind of like I always miss working with the arts, but this has been also really fulfilling. Came to the city of Snohomish for four years before coming back to like the countywide Mm -hmm. regional stuff, which I had been missing. I love the city of Snohomish because I got to have so many individual touch points. I knew Mm -hmm. exactly who I was working on behalf, but I missed that regional presence of being at the table for infrastructure and transportation and other regional decisions that just by the sheer size of the city of Snohomish and its proximity to Seattle, I didn't get to have that seat at the table and I had been missing that. Yeah, that's so great. So like I learned some things I didn't know about you and all of that. And when I think about the conversation that you had about like what your why was, it was always there. It's I couldn't just, articulate You it. just had to get down to that level to where you could articulate it, right? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes 
it is just, you know, somebody else giving you just uncovering the layers, Mm -hmm. you know, removing the paint and getting down to the basic. I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes I just want to make it too complicated. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) it doesn't have to have a fancy word or a fancy anything. It just is. It can be very simple and be very. I don't have the right word for it. Just keep it. Keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing. I like that. So you talked a little bit about kind of the story with the coffee shop, but looking back over that time, what do you think was the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome in in your journey so far? I would say like one of the biggest obstacles is, you know, I'm a, I'm a singer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) I've been a vocalist from the womb. And when I was in like, um, the first or second grade, I, I sang at a talent show. Okay. And I think the next few months, um, a music teacher said something to my parents that you need to get this this woman, young girl, into music lessons. And it was super expensive for my my mom. I, I was raised by a single mom, and she and my grandmother did everything they could in order to get me these music lessons. And I joined a girl choir, mm-hmm. and I got accepted into this not a teenage choir, but I didn't have to go into the preschool choir lane. Yeah. I got to go right up because I just had this natural talent uh, and a voice that probably didn't fit this little girl body. And it just came so freaking easy. And it was just, I just was a very talented young woman. And I can tell you that as I grew and did all of this, like I've traveled the world, I've been in, I've sang national anthems. I never worked at it at all. It was just so easy for me. And as I grew and not worked on it, the people that were willing to put in the time that didn't have the natural talent, they went far ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And where I was just like, I don't, I, w- I wouldn't work on my lessons. I wouldn't, I'm now in college. I wouldn't um, show up to practice because I just knew that my vocal range would crush anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon I didn't make the choir. I didn't get to go on the trips. I didn't get to have the spotlight. I didn't get to have any of that. And they, I got bounced. I got booted. They were like, no, we would rather work with somebody that has no talent and a passion for being greater than somebody with all of this talent that would just not show up for people. Mm-hmm. And it was such a huge lesson in how I was going to show up from that. I mean, it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was devastating. This thing that I just thought, oh, I'm going to be a rock star. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have all of this. I'm going to get to travel the world. I get to do whatever I want. And they're like, nope. Yeah, we're going to take somebody with less talent, but more passion for getting it and doing it and being there and showing up than somebody that you know, is as talented as you are, but you just don't give a crap. Wow. And so I (laughs) never wanted that to happen ever again. And so I guess I would say that this obstacle of then wanting to be perfect and then really, okay, you're, you got to show up every single day and, and um, put in the work and put in the time. And so with that happening to me, it's an obstacle and a gift because right. it really helped me reframe how I show up in the world mm-hmm. and how much time. And you will never be able to criticize that I did not put in the effort or the mm-hmm. time now. I am. Yes. I'm glad I learned it when I was 20 years old mm-hmm. instead of 
later, so much later in life, I've had to learn other challenges and mm. receive gifts. But on that one, I'm still singing karaoke. I still <laughs> sing in the shower. You will catch me singing all day long. Oh, it I is it. now just an absolute joy. It's not work. I never wanted to work yeah, at it. Yeah. You know, I could, I didn't have to work at it. So yeah. I didn't. But I do see now, and I'm wondering if you see it too, that you'll find people that don't have nearly the natural talent, but they've just excelled because they really wanted to do the best that they possibly could. And they were willing to put in the effort. Yes. And I think it comes down to kind of like the attitude, like and when you are hiring people or you're working with people, and I hear this from a lot of business owners that it's really hard to find and retain good talent now. But when you find somebody that's really got that drive and that heart of service, they really want to take it to the next level and do such a good job. That is really hard to find. So it's like, yeah, it is like gold. It yeah, is. Because you can really teach that person anything because they've got the passion and they've got the right, the commitment and the drive to do. So yeah, that is, it is priceless really that, that it quality. Is. And yeah. it's typically the best person for your team, right? Mm-hmm. When you have somebody that you m- might have somebody who can really shine but they don't put in the work or they're not Mm -hmm. loyal or they're, you know, not as much of a team player. And I have found that those aren't typically the one, the folks that I want to work with anymore. And I had to realize that about myself that a show off doesn't show up. Yeah. And so, yeah, Yeah. brutal, but glad I learned it young. And it's really like, (laughs) those are the, those painful times really are what make us who we are today. Right. So that's those obstacles we've had to overcome we gain so much from those I know I have it made me rethink like yeah how I'm gonna show up and made me a better person well and thank you for sharing that because that's (laughs) like I mean somebody somebody that's listening could need to hear that how am I showing up today if I'm complaining about my life or like things aren't feeling right, well, how am I showing up to get the life that I want? That's, That's also something absolutely. you And where do you see Wendy going, going from here? Where, what do you envision for your life moving forward? You know, I'd like to be in a leadership role within this field. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like right now. Yeah. There's just so much opportunity mm-hmm. um, to help people that I don't want to close the door on anything. I just want to really remain open. Right. I I have this board member from this commission that I used to manage. And he said to me once, Wendy, did you think you would be here in this space 10 years ago? And I said, no, not in my wildest dreams. Could I ever have thought that I would be here managing these commissions and doing all these fun projects? And he said, and just remember, little lady, in 10 years, it won't look the same either. And so I've always had to remind myself that this ever-changing world, you don't know what's going to be happening in the next five years. I mean, we have disrupted so many different things. And I find it funny and kind of sad that, you know, we all create five-year plans and (laughs) 10-year plans. And it's like, uh, this world will not look the same in 10 years. (laughs) You better be like forecasting for five, but preparing for three because you will, it will not look the same. Right. It will be completely disrupted. You might have flying cars. You, you might, we might be totally analog. You will not mm-hmm. know. And to prepare for the best or prepare for the worst and hope for the best or what does that say? Yeah. But be, you know, mindful, like, are you using AI and AI tools right mm-hmm. now? Oh, am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually used, um, I was designing, I just, 
I'll go on and order like custom thank you cards. And and I'm like, so I went on to chat GBT yesterday and I'm like, what would be a good fall greeting for the front of a custom card? <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, I probably could think of it on my own. And sometimes I worry that like, am I, are we going to get to the point where we really can't think for ourselves? But like, I don't it think is so. nice having that like little unique boost or I'm, something. I'm telling our staff to use it. Mm-hmm. I'm encouraging them. I'm teaching them the, the best ways to use it. I find that tools um, like ChatGPT or Claude can really just help eliminate these mind, these stupid tasks that we're having to do that take us away from the really mm-hmm. important work that mm-hmm. we need to do. Your time on a fall card is your skill set is so far right. beyond that. Right. So if you can remove any of time that you're taking writing, you know, 30 emails and mm-hmm. then really getting down to the heart of your business, that's where I think the AI will is really helping people just yes. getting rid of the stuff that they don't need to be doing to get to the real work that mm-hmm. they should be doing. I do like it. I do. And I probably don't engage with it as much as I should, but I, but a lot of times it's around my marketing Yes, that I end up going, okay, I need some help or a script. I'm going to do a video. And like, Great. when I sit down to do a video, I'm like, what should I, what do I do a script on? Right now? And actually the script, the ideas it gives me are like spot on. Yes. So yeah. I'm addicted to it. I, I use it for everything. And now I'm using ChatGPT and Claude and I'm pitting them against each other Mm -hmm. because they're two totally different language models. And then that way I can see like which one provides me the better results. Interesting. So I haven't used Claude yet. Yeah. Yeah, It's only been out a couple of weeks. So yeah, it doesn't have the formal language that ChatGPT Mm -hmm. has. It's just, it is much more friendly. Okay. I'll have to check it out. I like that. One thing that you could try is to ask Claude to write your prompt for ChatGPT. Okay. Yeah. And then that way, you know, and then yeah. get them against each other for the better okay. prompt. Okay. And so that's just a great example of AI. Just look how that's disrupted just in the last eight months that it's Crazy. been available yes. and how will that influence different opportunities for mm-hmm. people and, and the world. Mm-hmm. And so predicting what 10 years is going to look like is, I don't, I certainly couldn't do the prediction. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we talk about that a lot on this podcast where like a lot of the stories at some point at multiple points, probably in people's stories, they've had to pivot based on a relationship, a conversation that's like, wow, like I didn't anticipate this happening, but this, I want to follow this. And so like being able to be agile in that plan, like, okay, know that you have goals, but like really being able to be agile because you just don't know what opportunities are going to come down there. You know, um, that takes me to like in my own home, my own family, my husband is going to leave a job that he's had for 28 years. And with this idea of all new opportunity, taking Mm -hmm. this leap of faith that I believe that I have a gift that hasn't been shared yet or identified. And is there more for me than just this job that I've had for so long or in my time and in this space in my life? I want to take this opportunity to explore what else I could be giving to the world. Yeah. And we could not have anticipated that we would just make this decision and how we support each other and how it's like, okay, well, we got to pivot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what does this look like? And it's so freaking exciting. I I cannot even tell you how excited I am. And I think where he got to where, you know, his previous job, his, the work he was doing, he is really kind of an innovator, right? Like he wouldn't have been there if he hadn't pivoted and come up with these ideas or had this forward momentum. 
So I really believe if he's got this gut, I'm so excited to see what you guys are going to do. Well, you know, he has a passion for workforce issues Mm -hmm. and that's how I met him. I met him when he, in my role as economic development director for the county, Snohomish County, uh, he came to me and said, you know, I have workforce issues. This is 14 years ago, Mm -hmm. 12, 12 years ago. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And he's like, I need some employees that have these certain skills. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, did you talk to the, you know, the schools and the college? And he's like, yeah, of course I did. I'm like, well, did you put an ad in the paper? Well, of course I did, you know? (laughs) And then he's like, I don't think you understand. We are challenged with a skilled trades, you know, pathway for apprenticeships. And I was like, what is apprenticeships? Now, fast forward, you know, all these years, the journey of trying to get apprenticeships and a pathway to a dual career mm-hmm. has brought us to a friendship that I could never have imagined. But it has also been very challenging to try and change a school system, as you right. know. Yeah. And that's where he wants to spend his time. And he's I really passionate that. about Aww. it. And he wants to help educate policymakers as well as businesses that the time is now, the workforce has to change, the pathways have to the change. change yeah. And if you're going to have trained, skilled workers in the future, we have to look at things differently. And I just think he's the perfect person That's to awesome. describe that. Yeah. Well, and I sat down with a friend a couple of weeks ago and he runs, um, they do a lot of public works. They do groundwork. And he said, Brandy, we're not going to have anybody, anybody to fix the roads to do any of the maintenance our infrastructure needs in 10 years. He's like, my guys that will come to work and show up to work are 50 and 60 year old men and they'll outwork anybody that's out there. He's like, we have a huge infrastructure problem on our hands and nobody cares. So I was like, okay, well, I have marketing skills. (laughs) Like, what can we do to market, to like get this out and get people? He's like, these kids can make great money. It's doing the, these jobs and they don't, they just, I don't know if they don't know. I or... would say from my experience is that we've got a, a parent problem, which mm-hmm. I can tell you firsthand that that was one of my issues. And I'll explain that in a second. We have an adult problem. So kids don't know. They don't know what opportunities are there. We have bias towards the trades and working with your hands. So we've got adult counselors that are not sharing opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then we have adult parent bias that are folks just like me that don't know what these new, what trade jobs mean to the community. Mm -hmm. So when I met Matt and he was explaining to me about these apprenticeships, I totally blew him off. I was like, you know, why wouldn't you want your kid to go to college? And my own son came to me and said, I'm going to drop out of high school. And I'm like panicked. And I was like, you have to stay in school. And he said to me, I'm not going to be a poet laureate lady. Get off your high horse. (laughs) What's wrong with poetry? (laughs) (laughs) And I was devastated. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, where's that German guy at? I need help. And Mm -hmm. I realized if there was a dual career pathway for kids that want to work with their hands, that my son maybe wouldn't have dropped out of high school. He would have had another pathway to Mm -hmm. success. And that could look like, you know, a certificate training or what have you. But I had to acknowledge my own biases as a parent that I was petrified that he was going to work a dirty job if he went into the trades, he was going to lose a limb. I'm thinking of these old mm-hmm. factories from, you know, back with, you know, there were people were losing fingers, which is ridiculous in this this day and age. 
that he wasn't going to make enough money and that my friends were going to think I was a terrible parent and that I was, it was my own failing as, as a mother. Mm -hmm. And once I identified that, I told Matt, I know how to help you because it's a mom like me that can convince legislators and policymakers that if we can get on board, they will listen that a curriculum needs to be changed or a pathway needs to be enhanced. And that was 12 years ago. And we're still dealing with the same problems Mm -hmm. I hear every day. It's the parents. And I'm like, I know because (laughs) I was one of them, but I had to be convinced. And if that means creating open houses at these really, these are not dirty jobs. These Mm -hmm. are high tech, innovative mechatronics that are if you can play on your game station, you can certainly mm-hmm. be able to work some of these really high tech machines. And they're not just pulling a lever. These are way more innovative than you could ever imagine. You know, the hydrogen company I was working with yesterday. I mean, these jobs are high tech and highly paid mm-hmm. and that you don't have to be an engineer, but you do need to be able to ratchet right. and maybe hold a TIG welder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And where is that being inspired? Because I think a lot of times kids know what they see, right? So where are they being exposed to that? Yeah, that's one of these things. Like, where are we offering? I know that we're working on a gold standard workforce system. Mm -hmm. And um, Executive Summers is really being a champion of that. And I think that we just need collaboration. We Mm -hmm. are not under-resourced. We are under-collaborative. We're always like, Even organizations like mine, we are all circling the wagons instead of building the champions because Mm -hmm. some of our organizations are only allowed to work with certain segments of the population. And so with that, it becomes just really challenging to, you know, if you can only work with underserved or you can only work with Mm -hmm. veterans or you can only work with, you know, so-and-so, that just continues to silo the opportunities instead of collaborating on them. And that's a missed opportunity and it has to be changed if Mm -hmm. we really expect to have a gold standard workforce. So we need a center, like we need a resource. Like if listeners, if somebody was listening to this and like, my son would be great at this. We don't have an avenue. We don't know where to go. We don't know people. There are avenues. We just have to be better about marketing them. Mm -hmm. And I've been accused of trying to market my way out of every problem. (laughs) But I have found that it's because people don't know what's right right outside their door. Mm -hmm. And they just assume that there aren't these opportunities out there that nobody's addressing them. And they are. We just need to do a better job of getting the word out. Elevating those voices. Absolutely. That's so cool. So I'm excited. I'm excited excited too. too. Yeah. So make sure and... I'll keep you posted. Share, yes. share info so I can share info, right? Yes, So absolutely. we can spread the word. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. So lovely sitting here with you. It's and nice for any listeners, you. I'm not sure if you could hear if it could pick up, but my dog snores really loud. <laughs> she I, was snoring not, I thought she was a sweetheart. <laughs> she's sweet, but she's out there snoring. I do find it very endearing, but she'll sit at my desk and snore throughout the day. And it's like, oh my gosh, she feels so like cute. home though, right? I know. <laughs> right at the office. Yeah, she's. it's great having her here. So, you know, we've kind of bounced around with some different subjects today, but, you know, usually we find that there's a theme within them that we can tie together. So if you, and you don't have to tie it to anything, it can be just some random piece of advice you have, but if you had to give our listeners some advice today, what would be a word of advice you would like to share? My advice would be that it's okay to suck 
at something new and that to try new things and be willing to be vulnerable to not be perfect at it right yeah. from the jump is is a good thing. And working with so many entrepreneurs and business leaders who are trepidatious about trying something new or taking a risk because they just don't want to seem like a failure or mm -hmm. they don't want to see people like the process and not the outcome, you know, that, you know, they're focused so much on the outcome that they're not enjoying the journey of yeah. becoming better and taking a risk. Mm -hmm. And I know that that was something that I've been challenged with trying to be perfect all the time and not pulling the trigger because I didn't want people to see like, what is it when the duck with the feet underwater and, you know, <laughs> wanting to look like they're, you know, everything's just easy all the time. And the process really is the growth and where the opportunity really mm -hmm. comes into to light. And I think my advice is that with a baby trying to learn to walk it and it falls a hundred times, doesn't go like, well, I'm done with that. I'm yeah, just not going to keep going. Walk. I'm just yeah. not walking. And, <laughs> and that's absolutely not the case. Right. Yeah. And so it's OK to stumble a little bit and that it's best to just pull the trigger, mm -hmm. get out there, fail fast, but try because regret at not doing something is a heavier lift than trying to, you know, to actually yeah. suck at the beginning <laughs> until you get a little better and then, you know, reap the rewards yeah. afterwards. So that's, Aww, that's, that's my great. best advice. It's that's okay to advice. suck. I've had to give my per myself permission at sucking because it's painful, but what's really painful is not actually doing anything at all. Right. And I wouldn't want that for any, any no. person I care about. And so anybody that's willing to take a risk and, you know, I applaud them and I'm going to applaud your journey while you're learning it along mm -hmm. the way too. Oh, that's so awesome. And lift them up, elevate them. Elevate and, them. Yes. I love that. So Listeners, think about what you can do that you can start that, you know, maybe you're not going to be perfect at, but you've got to start somewhere, right? Start and just somewhere. show up and get out there. And I'll I've got connect you with the folks that you need yeah. to make your next part of your journey. <laughs> I love that. And now I've got to think about what I want to do. I mean, this was a big one for me, just starting this podcast. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But it doesn't show. <laughs> the thing is, is that you did it. And, yeah. you know, I don't know what you put into place in order to like, did you, I know that you've hired red trucks. Does it, was it more important that you just built your champion so that you could help, they could help you to like, okay, hold you accountable or what was the the thing that made you stall on it or not pull the trigger as quickly as you wanted to? Well, I think in the beginning, it was just fear of like putting yourself out there. Yeah. I think you kind of mentioned that when we we're talking in earlier today, like it was that fear. And then really the logistical part, like I'm not text. I mean, Trent is just does all of that. Like Red Trucks, they are so helpful. I mean, the work you see around the building, he's out there building the podcast, uh, the so frames for the soundboards. And like, it's, they've just been amazing at that because I can have the conversations, but I'm not great at that piece. So that would be really overwhelming for me if I had to do that on my own. I don't think I would be doing this. I know I wouldn't be doing this right. because that's not my, that's not my strength. <laughs> well, I think that's another gift that, you know, we're talking about is like, you know, is that the best space for your time and mm -hmm. energy to build your business? Is that the area that you need to be right. in? Or is that a place that, you know, you're going to find more success in giving it to a professional that can take that on and then that's right. their expertise. So I just think that's a wise business decision. Yeah. And I think that's where having people and knowing people 
and being able to utilize other businesses in the community. So that that people connection part, like I want to make sure all the businesses in our community thrive and survive, right? So the more that we can utilize the services that people like someone else can do this well, I want to hire them to do it well, exactly, right? So that our community can have that healthy ecosystem. That's right. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I love that. Someday we'll get into deeper conversation because I just know you have this perspective that I can't even fathom as far as, you know, the whole overview over all of that. Yeah, it's a lot. And because um, especially in government, you've got so many layers, city, state, federal, uh, local, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just so many different perspectives. Yeah. And yeah, just trying to keep up myself is is a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So that's thing I was thinking that as you were talking earlier and about like all the spaces that you have to be in. And I just know from being on the school board, you know, trying to be a parent, trying to do mortgage with the mortgage going crazy. And then the school, the government stuff, all this COVID stuff. It was so overwhelming to, to keep it all straight in my brain. But what I was doing was only a fraction of what you're being exposed to. So I feel like you've got a lot of yeah. probably overwhelm going on up there. Sometimes, <laughs> for sure. No, I I don't know how I keep it all tra- straight. I think that being organized is very helpful. And then a lot of grace from folks mm-hmm. that give me, they give me grace. And so I can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Get, yeah. No, this, uh, I have just found that the business community uh, in all of Snohomish County, ha- are, they're a champion of each other. Mm-hmm. And especially here in Snohomish, they want to work together. You know, there's not a lot of infighting. They're all ships float. Oh, wait, what is it? Um, The tide floats all boats kind mm-hmm. of yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the, the waters that rise. Lit, rising waters lift all, all, boats. all boats. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. The, those are the type of folks that I'm going to champion and mm-hmm. I want in my circle. Yeah. And so I think that that kind of attitude attracts more people like mm-hmm. that. So I've just been very fortunate that the people that I have surrounding me and the work that I do want to lift all yeah. boats. And I think I find that so much. And especially, I mean, I think all across the board, but especially with women that I network or meet with, like really the the desire to elevate and lift each other up. It, there's more people out there in my circle anyways, wanting to do that than not. And it's like just such a beautiful thing to see. I had an experience where I was working for a marketing agency where the client niche was going to be championing women Mm -hmm. and marketing to men for women, you know, Mm -hmm. like teaching men how to market to women. Yeah. And in that line of thinking, like, don't pink it, don't shrink it. You know, (laughs) you don't have to, you know, camouflage doesn't need to turn Mm -hmm. pink. Um, You know, like this idea that women make 80% of the buying decisions and then influence the other 20. And so like, how do you, you know, teach men to market to women in a way that's not offensive? And in just researching that in the she economy and how I could better speak to it, I started joining other women's groups that I had not been a part of because working in economic development is almost all male dominated. Mm -hmm. I was usually the only woman in the boardroom and I really had not surrounded myself with a lot of female friendships and relationships. So I joined these groups in order to educate myself and then discovered that I'd been missing out (laughs) on these beautiful relationships Mm -hmm of the the most supportive community because I had not been availing myself to women's groups. And that's why I am a part of so many women networking Mm -hmm. groups now. I've 
always feel supported and I'm supporting back. Women tend to be champions. We're known to be like catty and and maybe not supportive, but I have not found that to be no. truthful here. I have only found it to be some of the best relationships that I could mm-hmm. ever imagine and allowed to feel vulnerable, allowed to feel whatever in a, the most safest spaces. And I'm sorry that that took me 30 plus years right. to to discover because what a what a waste. Yeah, because there's so much, so much. It's gold, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, it was so lovely again, spending time Thanks, with you. Brandy. And I do hope I get to see you again soon Thursday at Snohomish County Economic. Is it Thursday? Yes, we have an event Thomas this Farm. Thursday, yeah. some blues and brats. Yeah. And it's actually like so cool because it's supporting girls on the run of Snohomish County, which has been one of my passions for quite a few years. You know, this is a group of our ambassadors So Economic Alliance, we have a group of business folks that volunteer as ambassadors and it's like level 10 volunteering. Mm -hmm. They they show up to our events, they they help out, they go out and promote EASC in a way that, you know, is true connection for the Mm -hmm. community. And this is their annual event that then here, not only do they volunteer their time on so much, so many levels, but here volunteer to give back at another Girls on the Run by having, you know, this networking social hour and it's just another testament about what a great business resource and community that EASC has built around itself it is so valuable so thank you for you know leading within that group and getting more exposure because I don't think I knew about it until you okay good yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay good all right well I hope you um listeners have a beautiful day and Wendy I will see you soon thanks Brandon bye Soul Filler Diaries, hosted by Brandy Hecker, produced by Red Trucks.